Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis. How are you, my man? Good. I'm noticing that you do have a Blu-ray copy of Plane Trains and Automobiles sitting right in front <laughs> yes. of you, and I can only assume yes, I, I can only assume that you're going to throw down uh, maybe like a, a, a portable DVD player in the car <laughs> that you are going to be driving to California uh, watching this one Blu-ray. Well, Puffin's going to watch this in the back. I got an SUV. I rented it. I don't know if it has a TV or not, but I'll take a look and. We'll We'll see if Puffin wants to watch one of John Candy and Steve Martin's greatest films, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I will be mostly in an automobile, obviously going out to Los Angeles. This is the last recording of Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, where both Travis and I are in New York. Travis and I are both going to the Sunshine State. No, not uh, not Florida. California. I'm not sure why Florida got to be called the Sunshine State. Uh, California also has a lot of sun. Yes. So we will be going there. Uh, so that'll be very exciting. Well, you're gonna, a little you, scary, but also cool. You're, you're going on, you're going to do a little couple of pit stops in Florida, Texas, and Arizona <laughs> just to get a lay of the land of the our, our COVID country. Yeah, I will be driving all across this great land of ours with little Jerry Seinfeld, Dash Hound Chihuahua, and Puffin, my <laughs> Japanese spits. It's going to be a motley crew. We're going to stop anywhere that we see anything that's large. So yeah. if it's the largest ball of twine, we'll see that. I'm looking for big cheese. I'm looking for anything that matters. Hopefully, I don't come down with coronavirus, COVID-19, as the country, some of it is being handled well, some places it's being handled well, and some places... It is not. So I will be avoiding Florida because it's not doesn't make any sense for me to go that way. And also, it seems like they are currently on COVID fire. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I might I recommend a good road trip soundtrack is the Shrek 1 soundtrack. You know what? I love it. Donkey. Yep. I love it. Yep. So today we're going to talk a little bit about AI and artificial intelligence is racist, yes. which is, hey, all right, people were like, AI is going to solve everything when the robots take over. We're finally going to have justice. Uh, justice will be blind. It turns out that the people that create AI also have a very difficult time. Um, I don't know how to even phrase these things. Teaching it? or programming it to recognize mostly African-American faces, black faces. We have now had our first situation where a dude was wrongfully accused. This is a great New York Times article. The guy's name is Robert Williams. He was wrongfully accused. Uh, the New York Times article, if you want to read it, is wrongfully accused by an algorithm. I also don't like that they're blaming the algorithm. Isn't it the people that created the algorithm? Isn't well, yeah. it these like? Isn't it these? It turns out like, when you mostly have white male programmers, <laughs> uh, they they don't they just don't build these things. It's like me, for black faces. It's yeah. like me blaming like pizza for gaining weight. It's like no, I'm pretty sure I had something to do with this process. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, obviously, in layman's terms, not on the tech side. I have no freaking idea how the hell any of this stuff was created. And if I had it my way, none of it would exist. But 
whatever. We're also going to talk about the United States military. Do they have a white supremacist problem? And I know I don't want to be all like, oh, we're going to dump all over all of the, the, the U.S. military. But let's be honest here. We have some things that must change in this country. And I think one of the places that we could create change is in the United States military. Of course, they have a history of using poorer people many cases uh black and brown people you know as as their main focus when it comes to targeting people who are going to go into the military i remember we had a military recruiter at my high school and uh, i went there i spoke with him to try to avoid math class which i did get out of and i believe i also got an f so i got out of it multiple ways and then he hounded me for a full like three months before finally i think i answered the phone hammered and stone and i was like dude i am drinking and I'm stoned and I'm 15. Can you please leave me alone? And I think he finally got the message. But as we see in a lot of these schools where there are no other options, where maybe college isn't going to be in your future without going to the United States military, it is important that the military is a safe spot for people of all walks of life. And evidently, uh, Travis has turned me on to this article from, I believe it's the Military Times. Yeah. One in four people in the military right now have said that they've seen or uh, have they participated in or just seen white supremacy Well, so one in four in troops sees white nationalism in the ranks. They recognize that okay. it is an issue in the military. And a lot of these troops are saying that it's it's a such a prominent threat, such, an, uh, such a visible problem in the military that it, it sort of out... Uh, it super, supersedes all other threats like, you know, Syria or right. Iraq. I mean, this is it's a problem that they f- and, they feel like is so such an obvious thing in the military that nobody's really speaking about. Well, and now, of course, we're seeing the military or at least the militarization of police. We can we can sort of have an extension of a conversation when it comes to military and policing in this country. They sort of melt together as one. This is very dangerous because at some point. As we have seen, whether it be the Boston Marathon bombing, for example, when when Boston went on total lockdown, finding the Sharnov brothers, the military has taken over our streets in many ways, many times in this country's history and many ways and many times in recent history, very recent history. So the idea that a quarter of the military recognizes that there's a white nationalism problem is dangerous, scary, and something that must be addressed and something that has to be changed. And that is number one, the number one reason why white nationalism needs to be considered a terrorist group. White uh, nationalist groups, uh, you know, Stormfront is a website that can oftentimes be cited many times on Facebook, yeah. which has caused Facebook to lose well, some Facebook, sponsorship. Facebook is the, nor- the new Stormfront, so you're, you're <laughs> bound to see those type of articles on there. But the reason I, I mean, I'm thinking about white nationalism in, in the army is because of this more like uh, outrageous news story that came out yeah. about the uh, the paratrooper who was apparently going to lead an ambush on what? his own uh, his own brigade brigade yes. of uh, soldiers in Europe he this this uh we spoke about this on side stories this week and we'll go into a little bit more depth here this fellow's name was Ethan Melzer and yeah he was accused of planning an attack on United States soldiers he has said that he has never supported the United States military he says he's never supported the United States he's treasonous in every sense of the word and the terror group that he belongs to, no, it's not ISIS, because God knows if it was, this story would be everywhere. It is white nationalism. Yeah. Can you imagine any soldier like showing any kind of allegiance or excitement about the ideas of the organization that is ISIS? I mean, they would be immediately like court-martialed, thrown out of the military. But the thing about the military, it seems, in their in their rule book um there is no there is no like deliberate exact regulation on stuff like white supremacy groups what they say in at least the army is you can you can you can basically be uh, interested in white supremacy groups but you cannot actively participate and oh. and they won't check you you basically they want commanders to look out for this type of thing so the only way that you're going to get outed as a white supremacist is if you happen to leave your like hood on the shower floor of your barracks or something you're so hold on a second so it's like so you can you can believe in the ideology of white supremacy but you can't be active 
in like what does that even mean that's like being like i'm not a pedophile i just look at child porn well that's what do, what does that even mean how can you there's it's not like a camp well i guess there are some i guess there are some sleep away white supremacist camps that you can go for have a, to have a fun weekend of extremism i suppose you could do that but it's not like it's you don't walk into the store. It's not like a it's it's not such a tangible thing. If you hold true to the ideology of white nationalism, isn't that I think that should be enough. OK, so the equal opportunity manual provided by the army says this. These this is in verbatim okay. Partici- participation in extremist organizations and activities by army personnel is inconsistent with the responsibilities of military service. It is the policy of the United States Army to provide equal opportunity and treatment for all soldiers without regard to race, color, religion, uh, gender, or national origin. Enforcement of this policy is the responsibility of the commander, and it is vitally important to unit cohesion and morale. So it's the responsibility of the commander, and I'm sure there's many great commanders. Again, the, the U.S. military is a diverse place, but this is something that is not at all addressed and it's something that has to be, again, the first thing we have to do, white nationalism is a terrorist group or white supremacists are terrorists. As we saw with Charlottesville, we now have examples of people who are in the military very high up Absolutely. leading, uh, as we saw in Charlottesville, a race riot, basically yeah. a uh, a a. A parade of bigots, you know, chanting Jews will not replace us, which I don't in, think in that's the, actually a threat. I don't that, think that's uh, happening. In that famous tiki torch yes. photo that we all saw in 2017 from Charlottesville, in among those ranks, among those people, there was a uh, a leader of that group was a Marine Corps recruiter. Oh. So you wonder, like, how do these how do are these white nationalists getting into the army? Hmm. Um, it might be because they're literally recruiting from the inside of the military. Dude, that's really freaking scary. Scary, that is scary, it? and yeah. then uh, and then they, you know, then they uh, they kind of hide out in uh, the military, and then I think this Order of the Nine Angles occult neo Nazi guy. This is the Ian Melser character, uh, Ethan I think Melser. This is an extreme example, right? Where he's like, right. I'm literally going to to murder soldiers on behalf of this neo Nazi group as a sign of solidarity yes. with neo Nazis, and you know in. To his credit, he was very upfront. Like he yeah, was he, once they, not hiding. Once they outed him, he was like a Scooby Doo villain. He was like, "I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you, god dang uh, soldiers who weren't neo Nazis." Exactly. Uh, so that is really a fascinating situation happening, and it's something you know. When it comes to Charlottesville, we're seeing this more and more and more. The divisions of this country. If we can't even have a united military, then we have real problems when it comes to having a united population all of these things go together and as we've been talking about with the pipeline from military to policing these types of ideologies and i don't care if you're a an extremist like the like uh, the man who shot up the pulse nightclub obviously he had religious extremism in that case uh he was uh islamic extremist i don't care if you're a christian extremist like the man who shot up the sikh temple yeah. uh, in wisconsin i don't care if you are uh, you know someone who is whatever race you are if it's extreme and if violence is in your heart and if violence is the end goal there is something that has to change and that has to change in our culture and this is just another area where let's put a spotlight on it and hopefully we can all get together if we can't get together and you're all in the same military fighting on uh, saving each other's lives. That's a bad thing. So now I do want to, uh, and from the military times, this survey of uh, of troops who experienced their, you know, seeing white nationalism in the military. Uh, nearly 42% of non-white troops who responded to the survey said they have personally experienced examples of white nationalism, white nationalism in the military. Mm. Versus about 18% of white service members. Right. Uh, when asked whether white nationalists pose a national threat, uh, 30% of respondents labeled it a significant danger more than many international hotspots like Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Iraq. Wow. So, and then, but here's some of the funny, like, so a lot of the white respondents were like, oh, no, there's no... Uh, I don't. I don't think I see any uh, white nationalism problem. And then some of the notes in the survey from those uh, from those who said there was not a white nationalist problem wrote, uh, wrote in the survey, "White nationalism is not a terrorist organization." Wrote one Navy commander. Uh, another one wrote, "You do realize white nationalists and racists are two totally different types of people." Wait, uh, what was that? 
you do realize white nationalists and racists are two totally different types of people. I don't know if they're totally different. Wrote one anonymous <laughs> one anonymous Air Force staff sergeant. I mean, if I had to say like what's closest to a what's closer to a racist, a white nationalist or someone who isn't a now, white I nationalist, that, yeah. I would say that white nationalist it's at least akin or a brother to racism. From, you know, from my from my mouth, that sounds like some pedant who's like pushing his glasses up. But this is somebody who has a um, a fighter jet who could right. shoot missiles at. Uh, uh, people of different countries and perhaps our own people considering you know, uh, the way that Trump is guiding the military forces that in. that is something extremely scary the call is coming from within the house it is possible that the next terror attack does come from someone in the military attacking the land that they have sworn to protect those things have happened uh, we have seen what seems to be a bit of an uptick in um, shootings there was the Navy Yard shooter uh, there was the uh, the shooter at the army base that was someone who had religious extremism in their heart and in their mind we have seen this before and it is scary to think it's kind of one of these situations where these people are trained to kill and if they take that and they become a perverted version of version of john rambo yeah of course rambo one he literally is just a scarred veteran with ptsd from vietnam who is destroying his own country and killing the military which is kind of washed over as the rambo series continues where you're like that guy is actually treasonous yeah but if you have that in real life and you have these troops trained to kill, you know exactly how to use a whole series of uh, weapons, that is a real threat. And if you look at when we covered Oklahoma City, for example, mm -hmm. Timothy McVeigh and uh, Terry Nichols, that stuff is still out there and fostered at this point, it seems to me, more than ever before. It's festering in plain sight. I mean, at least... Uh, Terry Nichols and Timothy McVeigh had to be quiet about their love of the Turner Diaries. And now, as Travis alluded to, people are just posting about it on Facebook. So I guess at least we have more transparency to hatred. Well, so as I, as I see it, if you are outed as a white nationalist in the, the military, you are just one of the either brazen people like the uh the order of the nine angles guy right. or you're just really stupid i because there is a or lot both. of there is a lot of ways to speak to your white nationalist community and not make it public and that's what that's what they do they do it in on on secret servers they do it right. in a way that isn't so visible but we uh you know reporting from unicorn riot uh that i've just read there was a uh, National Guard soldier who was sent from Ohio to D.C. to crack down on the Lafayette Square protest, right. and he is a, a giant voice in the in the white supremacy uh, community, going by the name Zoltanus H.N. Oh my God! I hate the thing is, <laughs> yes. these guys are such nerds. Yes, they are such nerds with anger issues. It's the scariest combination. But the thing is, right before uh, this guy was deployed to, you know, it's so crazy to say deployed to D.C. He was. But yeah, he went, before he was sent to D.C., he was on a message board uh, saying that he was like uh, happily saying my unit has been activated. They've given oh us real God. ammunition. We're about to we're about to go full uh, Rahoa, which is uh, racial holy war. Oh, so my this is God. A, this is a soldier out in those streets under. He gets to hide amongst these actual soldiers. Right. And commit whatever heinous acts he wants because he's he's been given a, a, a basically a license to kill we need to pop the pus like a damn zit we need to get these people out of the military if you are in the military uh there must be ways for you to report uh that these people are around if you see them i understand that they probably do secretive things you know if uh, you know i'm not a white nationalist so i don't know but i know they have like the um, like the okay symbol for example the alt-right will flash certain certain signs whatever it is i get maybe in to discuss those statistics you gave earlier about 32 percent or 42 percent of uh non-white non yeah. people in the military they would know more because yeah. they would be the brunt or they would hear things that maybe what a white person who is not a white nationalist might not because maybe they're not in the club they're not uh being spoken with they know that they're they white nationalists know they're not one of them and so naturally the person who would be targeted by white nationalists would have more of an indication that it exists 
You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. So I'm looking at this this National Guard white nationalist guy who's who's since been outed, but his name is Shandy. Is he still in the military? I think he's been removed. Okay. He's been removed Good. because he it is too visible now. Well, you know but, there's people too that ha- that hold his views in the military who are just like, dude, you can't post on the message boards. We got to be secret about this. What are you doing? You're blowing our cover. So, you know, the, the idea of like, oh, well, the commander should, uh, you know, pick out any white nationalist in their group anyone that's calling for an ethno state they should obviously this is these people need to be removed the thing is on his facebook page he's in full camo he's in full soldier gear right shandon simpson is his name and uh his uh, place of work auschwitz birkenau camp Jeez. Uh, and another job he had neo-confederate dime larper at pantera like this guy leave pantera know, alone right? but this guy's fully uh embracing his his uh, accelerationist right-wing uh, right. allegiances. That's and, disgusting. But these are very visible. Like, I'm, I just, I'm just, I'm trying to imagine if anyone did the same thing with, with like anything, any kind of Islam, Dude, Islamist kind of uh, organization. If someone says that they are a member of Black Lives Matter, absolutely, you have a bunch of people being like, "That's a terror group." And meanwhile, we have this rise, or maybe not rise, of nationalism or white supremacy philosophy perhaps just more of the exposure now as people do feel more confident uh, to speak about what they believe and how they view the world again i think it's better to know than not to know so that's one of the things i guess facebook continues to give us it's extremely dangerous that mark zuckerberg refuses to acknowledge any of the issues on facebook i'm not on facebook any longer i know it's a cesspool um it's unfortunate that it seems to attract the worst kinds. It seems to foster uh, a lot of the, or at the very least, enable and and um, amplify voices of white supremacy, which is why, of course, Facebook, again, has been losing out on a lot of sponsorship. Verizon, for example, Travis was telling me about yes. how they've just pulled ads because all of a sudden it was like an ad, an anti-Semitic meme, well, the, right by an ad of Verizon, and Verizon's ad, like, this isn't a great look for us. It took the Anti-Defamation League to write an open letter to Verizon and other uh, sponsors on Facebook, which, I mean, are there are so many, obviously. Yes. Um, but Verizon was one of these more big corporations right. that said, okay, we actually can't do this. And if you have if you have Verizon not willing to advertise on your show, that's like not advertising on Tucker Carlson after he like endorsed uh, in, in some kind of like white nationalist attack or something. Well, and, and sadly, that's going to be one of the few things that could actually move the needle when it comes to Facebook. If you hit them in the if you hit them in the pocket, uh, that's really one of the only well, ways that we have to sort of counteract what their know. business policies. Facebook are. has the wealth of a nation state. Like what, right. Facebook is its own thing. Uh, I think removing some advertisers from it is not going to put a dent in it. And, there are not there's right. not going to be this mass exodus of facebook users either the people that have left have already left we you and i've left yes uh the the people that remain this is basically gab this is basically that that alt right yeah yeah uh, social media thing that they it thought was going to work blow. out and they keep no. trying to do that i think there's another one called parlor now where it's yes. it's just gorkas on there you can talk to gorka sebastian you, gorka uh but <laughs> facebook is now yeah the new stormfront uh, and uh it, it's be, right. it's becoming uh, worse and worse day by the day. You know, like that, uh, when Trump tweeted out that uh, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Right, right. You know, Twitter took a 
uh, a really deliberate effort in saying this is you know they they didn't allow it to be retweeted um they did uh call it out for being uh, a little bit inflammatory, a little, bit, a little yeah, tiny sure, bit. Yeah. Um, but Facebook had no stance on it. Facebook let it let it breathe when when he posted the same right. thing on on uh, on that platform. All under the guise that they can't keep it in check. And if you can't keep what you've created in check, then you are indeed Doctor Frankenstein. Facebook is the monster, and at some point it must be shot and it must be killed, and the townsfolk have to burn it alive. And I do just want to. Uh, Facebook is now such a huge tool for recruiting right uh when it comes to white white supremacy white nationalist groups uh we already talked about the boogaloo boys yes the boogaloo boys yes it's a fun name sure it sounds like they're gonna make you a sandwich at the deli sounds like these are just a couple of guys who like to have hot dogs for the cute name that the boogaloo boys are Turns out they're quite deadly. And just to recap, you know, the Boogaloo Boys are the accelerationists, right wing yes. group. They they want uh, basically American society society to collapse and become a, a white ethno state. An example of an accelerationist is what we saw, of course, at the Auto Zone in Minneapolis when the man in the with the umbrella breaks the windows. That's an accelerationist that, act, yes. as we've seen. With the very interesting uh, bricks that were laid out in the middle of the street. Now, of course, it's up to protesters not to grab them and throw them. And theoretically, uh, they should have the willpower not to do that. At the same time, it uh, is total bad policy to um, in any way make society more dangerous, which is obviously what that was. And now, speaking of accelerationism, we're seeing the NYPD specifically we have a rash of uh, fireworks going off. Now, I do believe the majority of those fireworks are from individuals. I participated in a fun fireworks show myself. I had a sparkler, and I can't stop bragging about it. Can I just finish a thought about uh, uh, yes. uh, the, just the, the recruitment stuff with Facebook? Yes. A big thing that Facebook needs to get in check, which is allowing like rampant uh, recruitment of white nationalists, is that they... They so vigorously encourage and suggest other pages that are related to uh, deleted or like flagged groups. Uh, so I'm just looking at all the different Boogaloo Boy groups. Right. Just because they don't have the word Boogaloo Boys in them uh-huh. does not mean that that page is not about the Boogaloo Boys or right wing acceleration. I can't believe I'm hearing so here, the words Boogaloo Boys so, so much. So here's a bunch of related pages <laughs> that don't have the words we are a right wing accelerationist group that are completely explicitly about collapse of society and creating a white ethnic state. Okay. So here they are. Bouja Hadeen memes, Rhett E. Boogie 2020, <laughs> Boog memes to get your groove on, oh my Task God. Force Igloo, uh, Boog, memes, <laughs> Boog memes about dreams, Uprise Armory, Boogaloo memes for Boogaloo. <laughs> what is happening? Boogadishu Bill. These are all these are all things that are sort of like hidden <laughs> from uh like actual they don't say like we are <laughs> we are accelerationists. No, they're boog- the boogaloo they're just, boys. Once when one page is is brought down, twenty more spring up, and they right. all have different uh, fun names. Like Q, uh, th- Facebook recently tried to bring down QAnon a little bit more. They tried mm-hmm. to tamp it down, and all they had to do was change a lot of their names and a lot of their like usernames to uh seventeen, which is the Q is the 17th letter of the alphabet. So they just they just mutate and Facebook gets wins. It seems like Facebook gets wind of them. will take one group down and then just sort of let the other ones propagate wildly. And And their algorithm pushes these pushes these other groups to people who were not even looking for them in the first place. And of course, it's a man-made algorithm. Uh, So much more, uh, much in line with weeds. They they spread much, much faster than beautiful flowers. And just recently, that's exactly what's happening on Facebook. On May 29th, there was a murder of a federal employee in Oakland. And at the time, Fox News and other uh, sources were saying, look what happened. Black Lives Matter is killing killing federal employees. Well, it turned out it was two Boogaloo boys who uh, very, very publicly announced that they were going to go start some shit in Oakland Mm -hmm. amidst all the Black Lives Matter uh, stuff. And that the guy that opened fire was uh, Stephen Carrillo. So uh, David Patrick Underwood was killed at a federal building in uh, Oakland, California. Damn. Uh, All right. So they have uh, officially turned the page and become a murderous terrorist group, the Boogaloo Boys. 
again, not nearly as uh, innocuous as the name may sound. So speaking again of accelerationists, as I was talking about uh, regarding, you know, the fireworks and we're sort of talking about systemic issues in society as a whole. Uh, here in New York, we've been dealing with a lot of different fireworks going off. I do think the majority, again, as I said, is from civilians. However, there is a very strange thing happening as well regarding the NYPD and sort of a tactic that they're using right now in order to keep people on edge. Obviously, right now, there's a lot of a uh, lot of trauma in society. There's a lot of protests going on. I'm very happy uh, that people are keeping this going. Uh, if you want to look at a story, Elijah McClain, absolutely devastating story of police violence. This man played violin. He was absolutely a good-hearted person. You can see videos and you can totally know that this person was not a danger to society. He happened to be wearing a mask um, because he, ha he was anemic. He gets cold, whatever. You're allowed to wear a mask. This is a free freaking country. He ended up dying a very similar way that George Floyd did. This happened last year. So we're seeing these systemic issues come to light. And the NYPD has been doing very controversial things, not even controversial, truly horrible. They've been driving down the streets very slowly, blaring their horns. All of the reforms that people are attempting to make do not seem to be taking um, hold whatsoever. As a matter of fact, uh, we have seen police unions all across the country say that they will not uphold laws or rules that say ban that ban chokeholds or uh, you know excessive force. Uh, here in New York, for example, Mayor Bill De Blasio, maybe the worst mayor in the country. Uh, he's initially there was a rule that was going to ban plain closed officers. He immediately said that's not going to happen. So they're putting plainclothes officers within the protesters. And again, we see these protesters all over the place, extremely peaceful. So there's just a lot of there's a lot of more transparency, I think, going on right now. And it's a good thing, but it's also really hard because we're looking under the rock. We're seeing the bugs and these bugs have a lot of freaking power. And they have the ability to detain civilians and strip away their freedoms. So it is of the utmost importance that they have a strong moral code. And as we're seeing, uh, as Travis was alluding to, it seems as if white supremacy, white nationalism has truly, truly succeeded in infiltrating these extremely important institutions. Yeah, and it has it has been that way for a long time. It has, um, it has. But I mean, it's it's really discouraging to see. De Blasio was he, they, a small protest group protested outside of Gracie Mansion where yes. De Blasio lived for an evening, and that's all it took for De Blasio to say, "Enough, I we can't. are starting a fireworks task force." Yes. Meanwhile, you know, weeks of protests across peaceful protests across the city, <laughs> and he can't get behind the message that the protesters are trying to communicate. And I it think, really made me, honestly, you know, I on last episode I said, oh, what's going on with these fireworks? I feel like And it's you were good, half in jest. I, and half in jest. And, but uh, honestly, I'm now on the side of the fireworks people <laughs> because yeah. de Blasio has... Hates them so much. I'm hey, down de with Blas that. Yeah. Because de Blasio came out hard against them, uh, it makes me realize that this this is uh, this is actually good. This is this actually city, the New York City. For those that uh, don't live here, as I'm assuming most of you don't, it's not doing great. Uh, businesses obviously are all shuttered up right now. Uh, bars are just starting to open. Restaurants are just kind of starting to open. But there's massive issues with housing. We have lead paint in schools. We have education is in the dumps. And Bill De Blasio. The man who campaigned as a champion of the working class, campaigned as a champion uh, for poor folks, uh, trying to help them out theoretically, has been a total, complete disgrace. And the fact that he is focusing on fireworks, which, yes, can be a little bit annoying, I suppose, although I didn't really care when they were going off in my window, um, just outside of my window. Puffin seemed to like them. Oh, really? Uh, he didn't care. Puffin doesn't care about anything. Okay. Jerry goes crazy, but Jerry is crazy. So I don't know if it's the fireworks <laughs> or if it's just Jer Bear being Jer Bear. But the fact that he is focused on that, giving pressers on that, when we have so many real true issues here, well, it's just an indication that fireworks, it's low-hanging fruit. Yeah. And our government is so inept and so incompetent on all on local and federal all over this country that we're focusing on these side quests as opposed to going to the main mission, which is figuring out community policing, figuring out education and figuring out how we can actually help people uh, and give them a chance to succeed. You know, I, I will say about 
de Blasio coming out immediately in his like his sleeping cap in the middle of the night and saying <laughs> task force for fireworks <laughs> it so makes stupid. me it the it, it really solidified in my mind okay wait this is not a conspiracy the fireworks are not a conspiracy right. because if they were being let off if these fireworks were somehow in the hands of cops doing all this uh he would be too afraid to come out and say that he, well, would, he's a, he yeah. would say he would say you know what we can't we have to let the fireworks continue we have to let yeah. we have to let a cowboy hat firework blow up in the sky <laughs> at four in the morning because, well it's kind of cool but, I never be, saw but that because one. it is I think because it is genuinely uh, young people who are so b- bored and stir crazy yeah. that they're shooting off fireworks that is something he sees he can actually squash and get results from and also fireworks they're very cheap right now because more th- most uh, July 4th celebrations have been canceled I am so on there's fireworks.com right now really I what can been, you get I have been surfing fireworks.com for like all morning actually what can you get you got the magic cube fountain for thirty nine ninety nine. you got turbo props you got the saloon <laughs> showdown 12 shot $49.99 oh. you've got the never forgotten 300 shot for 249.99. The never forgotten. I don't okay. think that's a 9/11 thing. It I would be a little bit be, distasteful uh, to have a fireworks. Yeah, <laughs> never well, forget uh, fireworks. Yeah, shape, I say, shaped like two burning buildings. Yeah, that might not listen, be in I the best I'm, interest. I, I think I'm fully. I've fully Stockholm syndrome here. I really <laughs> think these fireworks look cool as hell, and they're doing. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, folks, they're doing a uh, a buy one get one free sale right now. No kidding. Uh, promos may vary by showroom, but uh, you got the New York Harbor show. Which is a panoramic spectacular. Twenty-seven wow. shots, twenty-three shots, nine shots. I wow. mean, you have any size you want to choose from. These these things are beautiful, folks. These beautiful these are big, beautiful American fireworks. And I say, beautiful. I'm ready to be, become a full patriot. You know what, buddy? I stand by that decision for you, and I wish you the best. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today. With each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. All right, let's talk a little bit about what we spoke of uh, atop this episode. When it comes to AI, there is a problem, again, with the man-made algorithm. Robert Williams, he was an auto... uh, He was in his office at an automotive supply company. He got a phone call from the Detroit Police Department. Uh, The cops said, uh, hey, buddy, you want to come in here? We're going to arrest you. He thought at first it was a prank. Then an hour later, he he pulled into his driveway in a quiet subdivision in Farmington Hills, Michigan. A police car pulled behind him, blocking him in. Long story short, he was in cuffs. He was arrested. They said he was being arrested for felony warrant and larceny. His wife, Melissa, asked where he was being taken. Uh, The officer said, quote, Google it. So there you go. Talk about community policing as you're detaining somebody who has done nothing wrong whatsoever. The police drove uh, Williams to a detention center. He had his mugshot taken, his fingerprints taken, his DNA was taken. Uh, He was held overnight. Um, One of the detectives asked, when's the last time you went to Shinola store to a Shinola store? When's the last time you went to a Shinola store? That's Uh, like a boutique it's very uh, uh, bougie items in that store, like nice watches and stuff like that. Mr. Williams said he and his wife checked it out when the store first opened in 2014. The detective turned over the first piece of paper. It was a still image of a surveillance camera showing a heavyset black dude wearing a red St. Louis cap, a uh, St. Louis Cardinals cap standing in front of a watch display. All right. Uh, detective said, is this you? Second piece of paper was a close up. Of course, blurry as hell because, I, you know, these things are always blurry, almost like they don't want to actually catch, catch the people who did it. Anyone will do. William said, no, it's not me. 
And then he said, you think all black men look alike. However, it's not the cops who believe all black men look alike, although, of course, many do. It is truly this algorithm that is being used by this police department. So facial recognition systems have been used by police forces for more than two decades. Recent studies by MIT and the National Institute of Standards and Technology uh, have found that while the technology works relatively, I don't like the term relatively well on white men here, uh, because I would like this to work 100% if we're going to be using this to take away people's freedoms. It does not work nearly as well when it comes to black folks. So last year, during a public hearing about the facial recognition use in Detroit, an assistant police chief uh, raised concerns. He says, on the question of false positives, that is absolutely factual and it's well documented. He goes on to say, so that concerns me as an African American male. Uh, this month, Amazon, Microsoft, and IBM have paused their facial recognition offerings for law enforcement and they are moving forward with trying to figure out how to do this. There's another group called the Clearview AI, well, so let's which make a is distinction really here. interesting. So Amazon and Microsoft and some other bigger companies like this have said, yes, we're going to put a pause on uh, Just a pause, pause to try to on figure surveillance it out. stuff. The thing is, they don't do a lot of the sales to law enforcement agencies. Amazon does a very sparse selling of this kind of surveillance technology, uh, as is as is, uh, Microsoft. The big one... The big guy in all this is uh, these are more like shadowy companies. Yes. Um, Clearview AI is one of the biggest uh, surveillance and, and, apps and, out there. And there's many of these. Vigilant Solutions, Cognit, Cognitech, NEC, Rank One Computing, and as Travis said, Clearview AI. They but, almost remind me, they're like the Blackwater. Yes, exactly. Of, uh, of AI. Well, no. So the difference between Blackwater and this is Blackwater has like. I think they're probably like scary dudes, you know, like actual yeah, like so. commando types. The <laughs> guy, be. the guy behind Clearview AI, his name is uh, Juan Tontat. He's an Australian <laughs> guy who was a one-time model. Oh, and he also made an app. Australians it, are beautiful people. He well, he's a. I think he's like half Vietnamese and half Australian. So he's, okay. he does he does have model uh, he does have model potential. Sure. This is a an app developer. The one app he made before Clearview AI. Uh, it was an app that put Trump's hair on any image you wanted. Oh, Do you understand what wow. I'm saying? <laughs> cool. It, you could you could take a picture of anything. Yeah. And then you could put Trump's hair on top Whoa, of it. Now peak he went, tech. He went from that in 2015 <laughs> to scraping over three billion images of your face, your family's face, your friend's face off the internet and wow. putting it into a database, which he then sold to 600 law enforcement agencies across the United States. He's not even an American citizen. He lives in wow. New York now. But Clearview AI is now the the reason why you are in a perpetual lineup right now. Right. Uh, as they say in the New York Times yes. uh, article, you are amongst three billion images uh, that could be referenced at any time to be a suspect in a crime that you may have uh, no idea about, like uh, Robert Williams does here. Yes, absolutely horrifying. And the, uh, you, know, you, would about, think, you would think that Tom Cruise was the star of this movie. Right. It seems to be futuristic, and it seems to be so unbelievably dystopian, but this is just this modern is, times. This is dumb minority report. But a fun thing about this uh, Clearview AI, it was not just started by uh, Juan Tontat, uh, the one-time model and uh, Trump app maker. He is also joined by uh, Rudy Giuliani's former assistant. Really? Yes. Uh. And they they got help from Tommy Lauren's husband to Wait sell- Wait a second. Yes. Tommy is, Lauren, the, the Fox News that's right. little- They, they uh, worked with Tommy Lauren's husband, who is like an uh, NFL agent- to uh, help sell the idea to Republican uh, lawmakers and you to know, uh, law enforcement agencies across uh, across the country, and there's met, 600 uh, police departments that use this guy's app now. It's unbelievable. To I met track Tommy, you down. I met Tommy Loren at Politicon, and you know it's so funny because oftentimes people will be like, "Oh, you don't." You, liberals are just surrounded by security guards. She has the biggest security crew Absolutely. I've ever seen, and it was the safest spot for her in the world. It was Politicon. <laughs> there was a lot of Trumpers there. She was a true celebrity. Uh, in that world, she is. The people actually kind of like her, I guess. Uh, whatever. Um, but the, the but point it's about, really fascinating yeah. going to some data here. Uh, in 2019, they, uh, they've they done some studies now. We have enough, we have enough 
data size, we have enough sample size. Sadly, we're the samples. Yes. <laughs> so it's this is not good. So uh, they did a federal study of over 100 facial recognition systems, and they found that falsely identifying African-American and Asian faces happened 10 times uh, more than Caucasian faces. So this is something that is just, it's very real, and it's one of those things we're going to have law enforcement relying on this more and more and more as these and these companies of course they want to sell the they want to sell they got to sell their product and their product in this case is eroding our uh, our our civil liberties and can you imagine if you're a person who doesn't get the article in the New York Times. Yeah. If you're a person that has no, if you don't have any money, this man has a wife, he has a job, a middle class dude. Yeah. It, what if you're lower on the on the totem pole? In, in the How, article, what are you going to do? You're going to go to you're going to go to court and be like the AI yeah. is wrong. <laughs> I mean, no one's going to believe you. Yeah. You're going to be screaming again like a dystopian. The algorithm so is wrong. The, the algorithm, algorithm is wrong. wrong. They're like he's also I, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like they're not going to believe you. So he thinks he's Johnny Mnemonic. It's insane. It, it's just really. Well, it's the, just we have to be careful that we don't yeah. just trust these institutions and trust this new tech as if it's gospel because it is not. The article makes the point that this is not the first time that this has happened. No, this is just the first time that a guy went to New York Times with the story. Exactly. Because you know this is this is happening so much, and then people take it as gospel. Yes. Uh, and there's no regulations on this. And I think talking about Clearview, for example, Clearview AI, I think maybe there is a misconception that there is some like standardized surveillance apparatus that is then sold to the country at large. Right. No, these are like these are like the same people that make Zusk, the dating app you see yeah. on like the side of the onion. Mm-hmm. Like these are these are just grifters who are using the internet, exploiting mm-hmm. the internet for all of your social media stuff. Anything that you very naively put up there, you know, you can put Donald Trump's hair on a dog. But with Clearview AI, I mean, they they can find pictures of you that you didn't know existed online. You know, and this is an interesting point uh, in the article. They also talk about how uh, her name is Miss Johnston. I believe she was the uh, she worked at Shinola. She pointed Mr. Williams out in a lineup. There were six folks they had there. She pointed him out. So what we're seeing is AI is an extension of human bias. We know that uh, we know that eyewitnesses accounts what used to be in, in if you were in court back in the day. You got someone, you know, who said, yeah, he was there. The jury would be like, well, why would they lie? We know for a fact the human eye is easily manipulated and it's easily lied to. The brain just cannot. You just don't compute that way. And AI is just an extension of our own personal bias. And this is another reason when we talk about diversity in tech, this is another reason why we need that. You know, these things don't stand alone when we're talking about diversity in whether it be big tech, whether it be law enforcement, whether it be military, whether it be teaching, whatever it is. These things, when we talk about systemic issues That is why all of this stuff comes together and all of this stuff matters because tech is not diversified because it's the same nerdy ass white dudes that just I don't even want to pull. I don't want to get my bully brain. on. I don't um, want to be a bully, but I just people you want a wedgie. They have power now. And just like the cop, the kid who's grown up, who used to bang his head in the lockers after you lost a football game and never went to therapy, became a cop. These kids who got wedgies or maybe, you know, were a little bit uh, aloof or maybe they didn't have the most success with the ladies. Now they have power. Yeah. And this is the, this is one of the issues when it comes well, to not having people of diverse backgrounds and, uh, and abilities in these jobs. And I, ju- I also just want to stress. There is no regulation with this stuff in law enforcement agencies, even to the that's ex- so scary. To, even to the extent that I feel like that's the name of the episode is that's so scary. That is so scary. It's not but so even raven. to the extent that police officers have used this same technology to stalk ex girlfriends, harass ex wives, yeah. um, they the, you are giving superpowers to an already superpowered organization, which is the police. Um, and I, I also want to stress. Yes, we need diversity in tech so badly. I mean, uh, if you get a chance to see this documentary called "Coded Bias," it it goes exactly, it goes very hard exactly on the on these points. Right. Um, but also at the same time, Congress just introduced a bill that would ban uh, law enforcement from using facial recognition. So I'll go to uh, banfacialrecognition.com uh, and then sign a petition to make that a reality because we. 
even though we, even with a diverse uh, team of programmers to make surveillance more equitable, that's not what we want for a future, I think. No, definitely not. We want to ban these technologies. So, uh, as Mr. Williams was in the interrogation room, it was a day before his 42nd birthday, his wife emailed his boss saying he was going to have to miss work. It was the first time he missed work in four years. I mean, this is a person who is doing everything right. Finally, as detectives realized it was not him, one leaned back and said to his partner, quote, I guess the computer got it wrong. They turned over a third piece of paper, which was another photo of a man from the Shinola store next to Mr. Williams driver's license. Mr. Williams again pointed out that they were not the same person. Mr. Williams asked if he was free to go. One detective said, unfortunately not. He was kept in custody until the evening, 30 hours after being arrested and released on a $1,000 personal bond. He waited outside in the rain for 30 minutes. His wife finally picked him up. When they got home at 10 p.m., his five-year-old daughter was still awake. She was waiting for him because he said, well, being arrested, that he'd be right back. So you have to think about these things in very human terms. This is a man who just got uh, humiliated, uh, a, a daughter who wonders where her dad is, a boss who wonders where his employee is, and all because of a bias and that's an that's another thing the uh the bail thing like imagine imagine, did he get that back i actually don't know imagine the technology being used in that way for example like you look like this person right uh that the computer told me uh that you look like the guy that did this thing oh it wasn't you well here you you still need to pay a thousand dollars bail and again that is is how some towns fund uh their entire community is by by exploiting poor people, and I guess exploiting not poor people, people ju- that just look like another black person in a sur- grainy surveillance footage video. And, and Detroit is one of those towns, much like Ferguson and much like t- towns all across the country. Um, and again, going back to what I was saying, Mr. Williams, uh, at least he has a job and he had the ability to pay his $1,000 personal bond. What if you don't? What if you don't? And then once you're in the system, it's extremely difficult to defend yourself. It's very difficult to meet with your attorney. You have you feel like you're totally, you know, you just feel like you're completely uh, at a loss. I mean, you're David going against Goliath and this isn't a story. So you're actually going to lose. I mean, this is a situation that could end so poorly. And it also makes you beg the question, how many people have just taken a plea deal in this case. Absolutely. Not necessarily in this case, but let's just say, I mean, next thing you know, you got a DA, you got, you're finding out you're looking at five to 10 years for armed robbery. You didn't commit 25 years, perhaps for armed robbery. You didn't commit. You're just going to be so overwhelmed. You're say, okay, I'll do three for a mistake just to get this done with. Next thing you know, you've confessed to the crime. Yeah. And then look at this. You know, it's like the state of Arkansas. I believe they have said that they have never arrested uh, anybody or put anyone on death row uh, that was wrongfully convicted. Of course, this is because they do a thing called the Elford plea, which is basically you will still be found guilty in the eyes of the state, but you will be allowed to go. But it's like this. And you admit that you were guilty. It's such convoluted ass backwards logic because it's totally illogical because that's what bigotry is. So this is just an interesting thing that we have to remember, an interesting thing that we're dealing with now. This is real life. And hopefully if these things are going to be used and if it, it, you know, this is it's conflicting. Obviously, again, last podcast on the left, we cover serial rapists, serial killers. There are total scumbags out there there are dangerous predators out there i get it but at the same time we need to remember that civil liberties are paramount and um and we just have to we have to defend them at all costs because people have monetized misery these people are making money off of our lives yeah they're making money off of our data they're making money off of our freedom you make more they make more cash if you're in prison than not so it really is, this is just, a dangerous thing. The ACLU just lastly on this case, they filed a complaint with the city uh, asking for an absolute dismissal of the case, which still has not happened, an apology and the removal of Mr. Williams' information from Detroit's criminal databases. Because you also have to remember, they now have his DNA. Uh, they have I, they I mean, when I got uh, detained here in New York for not paying a drinking on the stoop fine, which was 25 bucks, they took a retina scan and I was guilty of that. So that's staying in there. But this man, you know, Detroit's not going to do that. They're going to keep all of that information. Um, of course, he says it was humiliating. Well, and, and they uh, said uh, you know. that the the prosecutor moved to dismiss, but without prejudice. 
So which means that he could be charged again and for nothing. For nothing. <laughs> so I mean, he is just now in the system exactly. because of a sort of randomized, gener- you know, a number generating machine. Essentially, it's absolutely. And the, the reaction the cops had was, "Oops!" I think they literally said, "Oops!" Oopsie. I think the computer made a mistake. Yeah, they and did. And then he still had to to be held uh, in that detention center for thirty hours. Thirty hours, missing work and terrifying his family. And again, it could end it. It could have ended a lot worse. Just lastly, to put a human element on this, Mr. Williams said, quote, my mother doesn't know about it. It's not something I'm proud of. It's humiliating. And again, he did nothing wrong. And still the shame falls on him because that's just the way that it's set up right now in society. So be very wary when we hear about AI, when we don't assume that that means uh, it's flawless. Don't assume that that means whoever they're targeting is truly the perpetrator, because as we're seeing 10 times more likely uh, than than whites, Asians and black people will be misidentified also, by artificial intelligence. I mean, you can you can extrapolate so many worst case scenarios from this. So if, many. If your Instagram can be hacked. So can these surveillance apps. Absolutely. Uh, you, if somebody wants to frame you, for example, I mean, there are so many like science fictiony, um, so many uh, bad case scenario things. Science, and uh, not to not to correct you, but I would say science fact factional science faction. Yeah, yeah that's a word. Th- and this is so this is so dangerous. And as we saw with George Floyd, man, I mean, sure, dude might have been using some counterfeit cash, whatever. It's not a death sentence. What if things went wrong during when what if Mr. Williams didn't cooperate when being detained for something he didn't do and was just like, what the hell are you doing? Next thing you know, again, you're resisting arrest. This could have been so much worse for him because let's say he did resist arrest, a.k.a. try to stand up for his civil liberties. That still would be a charge. If he flailed his arms and hit an officer on the shoulder, assaulting an officer, that still would be a charge like he would still hold that charge. And it was all of this was a crime created. By police, and he was. I mean, just imagine being. I can. I can't. I'd even, freak I, out. I can't even. Exactly. I can't I'd imagine you being faced. He was faced with a truly Kafka esque situation where he was. He was detained for no reason, and uh, he did not flail wildly or scream or. No. Um, he handled it very punch maturely. Someone in the throat. I mean, I really don't know what. I, I would flail. I would flail around. I'd be like, "What is? Why am I? What are you doing? I have no. I have no reason to be detained for this." Well, but, um, when I was, uh, I've been detained a few times, but uh, mostly rightfully so. We were yeah, we probably. were at a party when I was twenty one, and everyone else was like twenty. Uh, not everyone, but I, I went to talk to the cops. Said some choice words to the officers. You know, slammed down in the car and all that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. But you know, I probably shouldn't have said such horrible things to the cops. But uh, I understand this man handled this. With the utmost amount of maturity, because uh, obviously he's not a criminal. He's not like me. So, uh, all right, everyone, there we go. <laughs> AI, this is, I feel like this has been a, uh, you know, things are going to get better. We just have to address these issues, know that they exist, and then we can change them. So, uh, all right. Well, those are some of the stories that we wanted to talk to you about this week. I think it's really interesting. Um, AI, and of course, what's going on. First things first, break up the police unions. Get rid of the blue shield of silence, blue wall of silence. White nationalism, white supremacy is a terrorist organization. Mark it as such. Uh, get rid of white supremacy in the military and in policing. And, uh, you know, we have to correct, fix the algorithm. Facebook is going to be Facebook. Facebook that's is. it. I mean, come on. Facebook is now, I think, officially I a. I think Facebook is like a right wing site now. Sure. Honestly, yeah, because. Mark Zuckerberg is either too stupid or too dense or, or like in or, agreement or in agreement or I think he's what he's doing is is saying well the Democrats are trying to break us up and I know that if I if we're going to be like politically uh, able to exist in this country we need to at least align with the right yeah um, and I think he's fully I think he's fully embracing that. Absolutely, uh, it, I agree. It, it, it is just a basically a, a right wing recruitment tool now. I agree. I agree. That's Facebook. That's Facebook in a nutshell. Um, All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, The next recording, again, we will be recording live from sunny Los Angeles. I think we'll be more chill. Maybe more chill. Maybe more California Ben. I could go for some California Kissel in my life. I can go for some sun. Uh, The dogs will like it. And um, yeah. So I will have a safe trip out there. I'll keep you up to date on social meds. I just said I hate social media, but, you know, life's life's full of ironies. Um, I'll be on Instagram. 
So I will let you know that I'm not dead. And if yeah. I don't post, I am dead, and I won't let you know. You'll find out at some point. Um, all right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.